Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Welcome to the world's longest-running and greatest showcase of our modern audio drama. I'm Jack Ward. David Alt couldn't be here this week, mostly because I've been sleeping the past couple of days and couldn't connect in time. David, wherever you are, my friend, I look forward to getting my act together better next week. But when it comes to acts, our David is a class act all the way, as he's back tearing through the audio scenes as the iconic Byron, from Eric Busby's immortal, The Byron Chronicles. The Chronicles return with Mr. Busby's new season, Crucible. And we have the first two episodes. And our double shot of Byron begins right here on the Sonic Society. I wake, disoriented for a moment, only to realize I'm in my bedchambers at home, the grey tower in the Portland Rose Gardens. I feel as though I've forgotten something, no. No, not forgotten. Something's been taken from me, ripped from my mind. But who'd do that? And why? Chaotic images dancing on the edge of my memories, a being made of various machine parts, a robot, perhaps. But there's another, a girl, long, tangled, snow-white curls and locks. I can't see her face and have no recollection of who she is. Images start to fade, but they slip away like grains of sand between my fingers. Who were these people? What do they mean to me? Within moments they're gone, only vague shadows of thought. I push the blankets off and get out of bed. I find myself dressed, however my clothing is burnt and torn. What little remains hangs on my frame in tattered rags. A phone on my bedside table begins to ring. What do you want? Ah, Byron. I've been trying to reach you for ages. I'm starting to think you might have been missing. I'm glad to finally catch you. My name is Tobias. Tobias Quinn. I assume you've heard of me. Of course I had heard of him. There are very few who had not heard the name Tobias Quinn. One of the richest men in the United States who had made his home in Portland, Oregon. What was less known was that Quinn was also the familiar to Khalid, the vampire lord of Portland. 
Quinn took care of the day-to-day running of Khalid's various business assets. Sorry, you have the wrong number. Three, two, one. I said one. Not quite on time. I'm not accustomed to people hanging up on me, pale man. Then look on this as a novel experience. Now be a kind chap and piss off. Pale man, I would not dream of invading your home like this, but I come on a matter of great urgency. The mistress has summoned you. Oh, has she now? Well, tell her I'm not interested. This isn't exactly a request, you know. You must comply. I must comply. Well, let's see now. No pointy fangs, steady heartbeat, I don't drink blood, well, not very often, and a big one I can walk about in daylight without turning into a Roman candle. Yep, not a vampire, and not subject to their laws. Now, as I said, piss off. (sighs) She said you might make this difficult. Uh, very well. I've also been instructed to tell you that if you come, my mistress will owe you a favor. A favor? Hmm. Just what sort of favor are we talking about here? She said it would be a very big one of your choosing. (laughs) Well, that is interesting. She must be desperate indeed to make such an offer. After all, I'm quite known for collecting my debts. Very well, Toby. It's Tobias, not Toby. Whatever. Inform the mistress she can expect me after sundown. Good. Don't be late. She's not in a good state at the moment. One last thing, though. Yes? You might want to change your clothes. You look horrible. You should really go now, Mr. Quinn. Until tonight, then. Have a most pleasant afternoon, Byron. After a shower and change of clothes, I leave my tower. It's a late afternoon in autumn. Leaves have started to turn and there is a crispness to the air. As I walk along, it becomes clear that the city has changed during the time I can't remember. Have I been absent? A number of businesses have boarded up their shops and closed. Graffiti covers almost every available surface. Homeless tents converge under many overpass and street corners. How long has it been? The last time I walked these streets, the COVID pandemic had only just begun. I push the thought aside and go into a small coffee shop. What do you want? Well, a cup of tea might be nice. A cup of tea? Uh, We're a coffee shop, you know. Does this mean you can't do tea? Oh, I can do it. It's just a pain in my ass is all. You greet all your customers this way? I do. Especially when I've been stuck here for 15 hours. My relief is missing, so my boss, Captain Asshole, stuck with her shift on top of my own. The overtime should be nice. Overtime? (laughs) What doesn't get eaten by taxes, you mean? Ugh. Here's your tea. You want anything else? No, the tea is fine. That'll be ten fifty. Ten fifty for tea? You notice the world has kind of gone to shit lately? Supplies are a little hard to come by. You should be grateful we're even open at all. So you want the tea or not? It's okay, you can put it on my tab, Max. 
He comes into the shop in what could pass for a black military uniform underneath a long, dark coat. She pulls a pair of gloves from her hands and sets them on a nearby table. Agent Catherine Bates of the Watch. Oh, joy. Grim, dark, and creepy is back. Your usual? You got it. But this time I had a blueberry muffin. I want to treat myself. All we have is marionberry muffins this time of year. What the hell is a marion... You know what? Just give me the damn muffin. Coming right up. Would you care to join me in my marionberries? So how's Bates? Jacob is quite well, thank you. And your daughter? What was her name again? Julie. Becoming a bit of a handful. At the humble age of three, she has become obsessed with all things supernatural. She wanted a cat for her birthday, and suddenly one turned up. Lucky for her. Yeah, but normally they're alive when they start mewing at your door. (laughs) Just my luck, my girl gets a ghost calico. It's friendly, though. We named her Casper. Given your career, you should expect things like that. So, to what do I owe the honor of your visit? I doubt you just stopped in for coffee. Yes, let's get to it, shall we? Who the hell are you? What do you mean? I'm Byron. No. No, Byron died. He died right in front of me. Then a week later, you turn up. I had Byron's tomb expected, and guess what? His body is still there. So, I'll ask again. Who the hell are you? It's really me, Kate. I remember everything. You, Bates, and I going up against Vastator. The Christmas we fought Santa in Portland Below. Anyone could have come across that information. I also remember dying. Then I woke up in a classroom at Portland University, which... Speaking of which, I think I have a paper due at the end of the week. I should really get on that soon. Yeah, but I'm still stuck on the whole Byron's body still being in his tomb in Rome. And yet, you're here in Portland. Now, I don't know a lot of physics, but I'm pretty certain someone can't be in two places at once. Not even the supernatural. If I knew the answer to that, I think the universe would be a hell of a lot less complicated than it actually is. Believe me, Kate, I'm the Byron you've always known. How about I tell you something only I would know about you? Oh, please. That only works in bad movies. You're right there. You're going to have to trust me, Kate. Here's your order. Uh, Thank you. Are you sure this is non-fat? You ask me that every time you come in. Yes, it's non-fat. But you've screwed up my order in the past. Well, I didn't this time. He seems fun. Probably a hit at parties. Look, I'm going to be blunt here. I'm not sure I believe any of this. All I know is I saw Byron die. For all I know, you're some creature trying to pass yourself off as him. Why would anyone want to do that? I really don't know. Yet. But I promise you, we will. With everything that has happened, we're stretched at the moment, but we'll be keeping an eye on you. Sooner or later, we'll find out what you really are. Kate stood and walked out of the coffee shop. I can't say as I blame her for her doubts. I can't even explain my return to myself, so how can I expect others to accept it? But that would have to wait. Evening was fast approaching, and I had an appointment to keep. I stood and left the coffee shop, and went out into Portland. 
The vampire lord Khalid owns a sizable chunk of real estate in the very heart of Portland. Not that the locals had any idea that it was even there. Even those who notice the pyramid-like building never truly notice it. You had to be something more than human to grasp what you were seeing. As I approached the massive building, a guard dressed in ceremonial Egyptian armor blocked my entrance. She was dark-skinned and quite tall. She glared down at me. State your reason for coming here. I've been summoned. I assume you're expecting me. Expected? <laughs> yes, you are. But I would have words with you before you enter. I am known as Auset. Nice to meet you. Our kind knows you of old. The deceiver of pale skin who sidles up to his prey and strikes before they know he's there. <laughs> you fight without honor. I do what's necessary to finish my tasks. I'm sorry if you don't like my methods. You are not to be trusted. And I warn you, if you plan to visit any harm upon my mistress, I shall... Guard your tongue, vampire. Your mistress will not look kindly upon you for speaking to an invited guest this way. Open the doors and bid me welcome. With a look of unadulterated hate, the vampire warrior reached out and grabbed a stone lever. With little effort, she pushed it down and the great doors swung open before me. Welcome, steward of autumn, to the home of the Lord Kali. I said nothing as I entered. Flickering light from torches set upon the wall illuminated my path as I went into the pyramid. The stone door closed behind me. Khalid, the Vampire Lord of Portland, was born 2,000 years before the birth of Christ. He had been an orphan and raised as a slave. That was before a vampire priestess took an interest and turned him. Shortly after that, Khalid took vengeance upon his masters and quickly rose in the ranks of vampire society. In the early 1840s, he came to America and made Portland, Oregon his personal domain. That's where he would one day meet her. Sarah Forster was born in 1961. In the late 70s, she became a performer of punk rock, which had been growing in popularity at the time. She opened for many acts across the nation. It would be in the dingy bar of the Pearl District that Khalid first saw her. He quickly became enamored with her. Sometime later, he turned her and made her his wife. She had ruled alongside him over Pacific Northwest Vampire Society ever since. As I entered the main chamber, I saw her sitting upon her throne. She was dressed in a pair of ratty old torn jeans and wearing a David Bowie t-shirt that was covered in dried blood. Dried blood also covered her mouth and chin. It was clear she had not washed in some time. It's about time you got here. You're late. Would have been here sooner, but I stopped to have a chat with one of your guards. What's wrong with your mistress? She's not looking her glamorous best. It's why you were summoned. It's our hope you may be able to help. Help with what? In finding him. Finding my husband. Khalid is not here. 
He hasn't left Portland in the last two decades. He did not leave, Pale Man. He is one of the missing. The missing? I don't understand. This is a poor time to be playing games, Byron. I'm not playing games. I do like chess, checkers sometimes too, but I don't know what you're talking about. Who are the missing? You're for real. You're not making this up? You have no idea what's happened? I just said that, didn't I? I've been away for a while. How about you tell me what I've missed? Well, basically a week ago, more than a billion people just vanished. Vanished? It was suddenly. One moment I was in bed with Khaled, making love. The next... The next he was gone. I can see where that would be upsetting, especially when you're in the middle of... Not now, Byron. What? Oh, yes. Sorry. So let me get this straight. All of a sudden, a billion people were just gone. Yes, but not just humans. All races have been affected. So fairies, goblins, elves, and so on are among the missing. Yeah, and many more. Tobias has told me that you're a being who knows everything that has gone on. Can you... Can you tell me what has happened to my husband? Can you bring him back to me? I can't make any promises. To be honest, this is the first I'm even hearing about this. Taking that many beings requires a lot of power. More than any one god alone could... No. No, 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 that can't be it. Can't be what? Mistress, Khalid, did he have some sort of faith? Some sort of what? Did he worship a god? Did he pray to someone? Hmm. Every evening, upon awakening, he would spend an hour in worship to one of the Egyptian gods. Horus. Horus the Avenger. Met him once, really hated peaches. Tell me, mistress, do you have a faith at all? No. (laughs) No, not really. When I was a mortal, I was raised Catholic. But to be honest, I never really believed in any of it. And I assume you're not big on religion, Mr. Quinn? (laughs) I only really worship the gathering of wealth. Where are you going with this, Byron? Someplace I hope I'm wrong. What is that? A ring of keys. What does it look like? I start going through the keys until I come to one made of pure white silver. I hold it in the air. For a moment it starts to glow and then... Nothing. That's not good. That's really not good at all. Was something supposed to happen just then? I don't answer, Tobias. I go through the keys until I come to one made of stone. I hold it in the air only to have the same result as the first. Hell, man, what are you trying to do with those keys? These keys open passages to the other realms, only they're not working. And that's not a good thing, I take it? It's terrifying, actually. If the key doesn't work, it means that realm it ought to open has closed its borders cut itself off from Earth and all other dimensions. I keep going through keys, dozens of them, all the same response. Then I come upon one carved out of decayed bone with dried blood that flakes off it. Reluctantly, I hold it up. A moment later, a brilliant red flash illuminates the chamber as a vortex opens in the air. Well, this is quite unexpected. I wasn't certain I'd be able to reach you. Well, you have. To what do I owe the honor, Pale Man? I have questions I hope you hold the answers to. Will you allow me to enter your realm? The Lord of Autumn wants to come into my realm and want to have a chat with me? Yes, I do. This is quite the surprise. Very well. You may come through. 
No surprises there. Expect me shortly. Okay, Byron. Who was that? Mr. Logan. Mr. Logan? Mr. Logan is what Lucifer Morningstar is currently calling himself, Mistress. Lucifer the Devil is... real? Oh, very much so. And it seems our pale friend here is about to pay him a visit. In hell? Are you saying my husband is in hell, Byron? No, I don't believe so. Then why are you going to hell? Believe me, I have no desire to visit hell. But all the other realms are cut off and I need to know what's happening, both for myself and if I'm going to be any use to you. Not that I've come to a decision about it yet. And do you think Mr. Logan will know? I certainly hope so. I put the keyring back into my pocket, and I stepped into the vortex and began my descent into the realm of hell. You've been listening to The Byron Chronicles, Crucible Part 1. Written by Eric L. Busby. Featured in the cast were David Alt as Byron, Brendan Jones as Tobias Quinn, Lindy Rast Keenan as Agent Catherine, Tom Cat as Max, Amanda Brandt as Sarah Foster, Sharon Grunwald as Osset, and Heath Martin as Mr. Logan. Script editor Simon Busher Jones. Sound design Eric L. Busby. Music performed by Kevin McLeod. Byron theme by Kai Hartwig. This is Kareem C. Cronkley, and you've been listening to an Eric Busby production. Copyright GLB Productions 2022. mercy, hope, or kindness. Dark clouds fill the skies and a stench of sulfur fills the air. It's then a pain takes hold of me, pain unlike any I have known before. The pain I've caused others. Everyone I've ever betrayed, everyone I manipulated and used for my agendas, I feel the suffering I inflicted upon them. Worse, all my sins revisited. Faces of those who died by my actions, hundreds, thousands of them. The pain grows worse each moment. I collapse to my knees. I feel my head will soon burst. I can't think. I'm awash with guilt, shame for all I've done. Perhaps this is what I deserve to be trapped in hell for all eternity. Practically unaware as I reach into my coat and pull out a marble filled with an amber fluid. I quickly slam the marble upon the rocky grounds and it shatters. I collapse to the ground as the mournful wails fade. All that remains now is silence. Sweet, blessed silence. I can think clearly once more. 
After a few moments, I start to pick myself up from the ground. That's when I see her. A woman is looking down at me. She has long, bright red hair and freckles. She's dressed in an old western duster complete with a cowboy hat and six-shooter strapped to her sides. I'd hoped never to see her again. Well, well. Isn't this a surprise? Hello, Lucas. Been a spell, hasn't it? A moment later, she pulls out one of her guns and shoots me in the head. Damn it, Nelly! <laughs> what did you do that for? Same reason I'm doing this. Oh, oh, will you please stop doing that? Do you have any idea how painful it is? Probably about this painful. Oh, all right, that's enough of that. What the fuck did you just do? Turned your bullets and powder into gummy bears. Why are you shooting me? Why? You really don't know why? Isn't it obvious? I'm trying to kill you. You won't be able to while I'm in hell. As long as I'm a visitor, the forces of hell cannot kill me. It's clear they can still have an effect on you. You weren't doing too good when you first arrived. What was that thing you smashed? A simple spell. Shroud of Tranquility. It keeps the effect of Hell's environment from haunting my thoughts while I'm here. Now, if you don't mind, I have an appointment to keep. I know. Was sent to escort you to him. Logan sent you to collect me. That's odd. He must know you hate me. I don't know if he knows or not, but it gave me a chance to get back at you for what you did. I did nothing to you. (laughs) Bullshit. You're the reason I'm stuck down here. You were kind to me once, Lucas. You made me believe I could trust you, but all the while, you were just using me for your own purpose. I told you to stay away, warned you what would happen if you got close to me. I thought you cared about me. Loved me. I know I was in love with you. Do you have any idea what happened to our son? No. No, I don't. I don't think I want to. When Satan learned who his father was, he took him and he... Oh, he forced me to watch. Every moment. Every scream. They were going to do the same to me, but then Lucifer intervened and took me as one of his own. I imagine that did not go well with Satan. No, but as long as I'm under Lucifer's protection, he won't harm me. The same can't be said about you, though. What does that mean? He's over here! Time to pay for what you did. The ground beneath me begins to ripple and quake. Something is burrowing up from deep below. A great tear rips open in the ground and a giant being with blood-red skin emerges. He has sharp talons for hands and a massive pair of bone horns protruding from his forehead. Satan, Dark Lord of Hell. Hello, pale man. I can't tell you how long I've been waiting. (laughs) Waiting for this moment. (laughs) Welcome to hell.
I wake only to find myself naked and nailed to a stone crucifix. Iron spikes have been driven through my wrists, shoulders, hips, feet and torso. I can't move. The crucifix is in the center of a stone chamber on a small island surrounded by a river of burning magma. The stench of sulfur fills the air. After a time, a demon emerges from the molten fluid, followed by others. Surround me. Several grab my exposed limbs and start to pull and twist. With a wet popping sound, my arms and legs are torn from my body. To say it's an unpleasant experience would be an understatement. I've gone through many painful events in my life, but never been dismembered before. I really don't recommend it. I watch in cold fascination as the demons feast on my limbs like they were fried chicken wings or something. Sadly, however, worse was coming. Satan began emerging from the burning river. Hello, Byron. Having a pleasant time? Oh my, yes. I'd applaud your efforts, but I seem to be caught short in the hands department for the moment. Always with the damn jokes. Let's see if this makes you laugh. Satan looks me up and down while running his talon fingers upon my abdomen before plunging them inside my guts. He rips my intestines from my body and tosses them to the floor. Reaching in again, uh, he pulls out my stomach and lungs. Can't breathe anymore, so screaming in agony is not an option. Satan continues to tear into me, ripping chunks of my flesh off and tosses them to his demons to feast upon. He then plunges his thumbs into my eye sockets, robbing me of my vision, leaving me in the dark and in constant agony. Then, suddenly, my eyesight has returned. More than that, my arms, legs, intestines are back. Just like after Nelly shot me, my body has been made whole once more. There isn't so much as a scratch upon me. However, I'm still impaled to the stone cross and unable to move. I've got to admit, I enjoyed this more than I thought I would. <laughs> to think, after all these ages, I finally get to make you suffer for a change. Satan? What is it? Can't you see I'm busy? Oh, it's you. What are you still doing here? You haven't kept your side of our deal. I gave you Lucas. Now you give me back my boy. Oh, yeah. That snivelling little thing you vomited out of your crotch. I did make you a promise, didn't I? Yes, you did. And I expect you to uphold it. Hey! Easy with the guns there, Missy. You want to be reunited with your kid, and I'm only too happy to oblige. In a flash, Satan grabs Nelly by the head. Before she could do anything, he crushed her skull between his hands. Then he threw her headless body into the river of magma. She was under Lucifer's protection, you know. He's probably not going to be too happy you did that. Lucifer can go fuck himself. All he does is sit around in his castle and look down at us. I'm the one who runs shit around here. <laughs> now, where was I? Oh yeah. Tell me, pale man. Have you ever been impaled on a spike before?
Satan unleashes horror upon horror on me for what feels like an eternity, only for my body to regenerate so he can continue. Just as I think my sanity can't take any more, the whole stone chamber around us explodes. Volcanic rock is flung off in all directions. As the dust settles, he comes sauntering in, dressed in a white Armani suit. Pure golden light radiates from his long, blonde hair. Two massive, angelic wings fold up behind him. Lucifer Morningstar, or as he's also known, Mr. Logan, has arrived. The demons scream in terror and scurry away like cockroaches looking for a dark recess to cower in. The only one who stands his ground is Satan himself. A look of pure hatred covers his face. Here, you ain't allowed in here. This is my region. Mind, you hear me? How many times are we going to have this chat, Satan? Yes, you're the devil, or Asmodeus, Beelzebub, or whatever you're calling yourself today. But hell is my realm. I rule over it all. And that includes you. Now, release the Pale Man. He's mine, dammit. He has to pay for what he's done. In time, maybe he will. But for now, he is a guest in my realm. There are rules and protocols that have to be observed, and you're in violation of them. Now release the pale man before I get angry. Satan says nothing. He just glares at Mr. Logan for a time. Then slowly, he turns his gaze upon me. His eyes have begun to glow red. You're mine, pale man. Your soul belongs in hell with me. Oh, please stop with the melodrama, would you? With one last glare, Satan pulls me off the cross and drops me to the chamber floor. You could have removed the nails first. Consider this a preview of what's to come, pale man. You'll see me again soon enough. Not if I see you first, sunshine. Satan walked back into the lake of fire and was gone. I turned to Mr. Logan. You are a complete and total bastard, you know that, Logan? Mwah. Now what do you think I've done? You set this all up. You knew how much Nellie hated me for what I did to her and our son. You were counting on that. Counting on her making some deal with Satan. It's why you sent her to collect me. And you've known for a long time what Satan would do if he ever got his claws on me. You were behind this all the time. Oh, my dear Byron, how you wound me. Do you really think I would do something so... so devious? So cruel as to put you in the hands of some sadistic monster for my own warped amusement? But I guess we'll never know for certain, will we? Now then, I think it's time we had our chat. Mr. Logan snaps his fingers and instantly we are somewhere else. It could pass for a Victorian study, if a Victorian study had been carved out of volcanic rock. 
Books line several shelves and paintings hang from the walls. There are chairs, tables, soft music playing in the air as well as a wet bar. Lucifer's Man Cave. I find myself dressed normally once more, although my coat feels a little bigger than normal. Mr. Logan walks over to the bar. No, would you care for a drink, Byron? Mead, perhaps? Got anything stronger? I've had a rough afternoon. Hmm, let's see. Do you like scotch? Yes, but no ice. <laughs> ice in hell. Very humorous, Byron. There you go. Please, have a seat. Now then, what did you want to talk about? People have gone missing. A lot of them. I'm curious if you know anything about it. <laughs> you came all this way to ask me a question you already know the answer to. <laughs> well, yes, Byron. I do know something about it. It started. But... but how? There were no signs, no indications of it. As I recall, no one knows the day or the hour, or something like that. My guess is someone must have found its door and opened it. For a moment, the image of a large bronze metal door suspended in the air dances in the back of my thoughts. I'm standing before it with a blood-soaked knife in my hand. The door starts to open as the image fades from my thoughts. But why would someone do that? Why would someone free it? No idea. No one even knows where it is right now, or what form it's taken. But we do know it's free, and out there, someplace. It's why the gods and goddesses are calling home the faithful, and sealing their borders. They don't want anything to do with what's coming. Not after lost time. So why is your realm still open? Why do you ask such ludicrous questions? Think about it, Byron. A lot of people are going to be dying soon. Most of those souls are lost and have no belief. Many of them will cast down here. They will obey my will and worship me. I will be their god. I have been waiting for this moment for a very long time. And now it's here. Thanks for the scotch, Logan. I'll see myself out. Before you go, I'd like to make a suggestion. And that is? Go home, Byron. War is coming, and there is nothing anyone can do to stop it. Certainly not you. Go back to your realm and close it off. Stay out of this for your own sake. I say nothing to Mr. Logan as I pull the keyring from my coat. I select the one I need and leave hell behind. Upon my return to Earth, I discover a week has passed since I had left. Regrettably, I have bad news to impart to the mistress. She did not take it well. You've been gone for over a week and all you come back with is my master's never coming back? 
You better explain yourself, Byron. I'm afraid I don't have the time, Mr. Quinn. I just want to get home and... From behind me, I heard the sword pulled from its scabbard. A moment later, I feel it pressing up against my neck. If you'd like to keep your head on your shoulders, I suggest you make the time to answer the questions, pale man. What is it with everyone wanting to dismember me lately? Fine, ask your damn questions. What happened to my husband? Where is he? It's... Well, it's really complicated. Then I suggest you uncomplicate it. Hey, easy with the pig sticker there, girl. Okay, the simplest explanation is this. Khalid has gone home. Gone home? But this is his home. You're in Portland with me. Yes, I know. You told me Khalid prayed to the Egyptian god Horus every evening. Uh, yes, he worshipped Horus. So, what? Horus has taken him to his realm. I don't understand. Why would he do this? Do you know any of the legends about the end of the world? End of the world? What? Well, I've seen lots of zombie movies. And I saw this film last week about a meteor that caused all sorts of weird shit to happen when it hit. He's talking about biblical stuff, Tobias. You are, aren't you, Byron? You're talking about stuff in the Book of Revelation? Yeah, it's just the Christian's version of it. There are many, many others, like the elves fear the return of Morgoth, the father of all evil in the world. Many of the dwarven race believe a time of doom will come in the winter of the Frost Giants, hell, as even the Nordic folk who still believe in Ragnarok. The thing is, all these beliefs are related. They all stem from the same being. You're talking about the Antichrist. That's just one of its names. It's also called the Bringer of Chaos, the Ruiner, the Destroyer. My personal favorite's the guy who let the milk spoil, but I digress. And it's because this thing is coming that... Horus took my husband away to keep him safe. Yes, but not just Khalid. All who went missing were taken by the gods they worshipped. Taken to a place of safety while all hell breaks loose down here. But what about the rest of us? What happened to those left behind? I don't know. I'm sorry, I really don't. Earth has been cut off from all the other realms. We're on our own now. But in Sunday school, they always taught us that evil would be defeated and a new age of peace would come. Yeah, it's just something they put into the Bible to keep the worshippers happy. No point in telling the flock, Hey, this time of evil is coming, we'll probably lose and be damned for eternity, but we'd like you to join our church anyway on the offbeat charts we win. The truth is, no one knows how this conflict is going to turn out. I refuse to accept this. No, there has to be something you or someone can do. Look, I've told you everything I know. Right now, I just want to go home and take a bath and get this stink of sulfur off. So, can I go now? Put your sword away, Asset. Yes, mistress. You may go, Byron. Thank you. I'll be in touch. In touch? What for? I was informed if I aided you, you would owe me a favor. You wanted to know what happened to your husband, and I found out for you. You may not like what you learned, but it comes with a cost. (laughs) You still expect my mistress to owe you a favor after what you just dumped on us? After everything I went through in hell to get that information, you're damn right I do. As I told you, Mr. Quinn, I'm one who always collects his debts. We face uncertain times, and I may have need of her services. Until later, then. Do have a pleasant evening. As I made my way to my tower, my thoughts kept spinning over everything I'd been through in the last few days. 
I've dealt with world-ending events before, hell, I even caused a few of them. The fall of Rome comes to mind, but what's happening now, this is different. This is the time that all the gods and goddesses since the dawn of creation have lived in fear of. The final war between the shadows and the light. With all creation, the prize for whomever or whatever will win. Even though they have closed their realms, the gods will have to become involved in the war to come. Earth will become the ultimate field of battle. Horrors I'm dreamt of will be unleashed. The laws of time and space will shatter as creation is torn apart and restored and torn apart again. Over and over it will go for eons to come. I ponder Mr. Logan's suggestion to me. Perhaps I should return to my realm and turn my back on the Earth. For all my cleverness and tricks, there are limits to what I can and cannot do now. It's then I notice a young woman that looks in her late teens fall out of the bushes near my tower. She's dressed in rags and looks in need of a hot bath. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I knew I'd find you here. Why are you lurking in my bushes? I don't know. I just know I needed to find you. Okay, calm down. You found me. Now tell me, who are you? I... Uh, I can't remember. All I know is... You're the one who freed me. I freed you? What do you mean, I freed you? I was locked up. Locked up with it behind the bronze door. The door you opened. I think it's coming. It's coming here to destroy the world. You've been listening to The Byron Chronicles, Crucible Part 2, written by Eric L. Busby. Featured in the cast were David Alt as Byron, Brendan Jones as Tobias Quinn, Heath Martin as Mr. Logan, Kareem C. Cronfley as Lord Satan, Ashley Nolan as Nelly, Amanda Brandt as Mistress Forster, Sharon Grunwald as Osset, and Jessica McAvoy as The Visitor. Script editor was Simon Booker-Jones. Sound design, Eric L. Busby. Music performed by Kevin MacLeod and Royalty Free Music. Byron theme by Kai Hartwig. This is Kareem C. Cronfley, and you've been listening to an Eric Busby production. Copyright ELB Productions 2022. And that's this week's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I just feel during these especially busy times, extremely grateful for you, the listener out there. Please send us a missive to let us know how long you've been with us at sonicsociety at gmail.com or find us at the Sonic Society Facebook group or audio drama, radio drama lovers. You can also connect with David and I at our Twitter accounts. Until next week, when I once again welcome Mr. David Alt to share the microphone, I'm Jack Ward. Have a lovely day.
Public Cinema Production. Today, Americans are afraid of other Americans. They don't have to be. Some Americans hate other Americans, and they shouldn't. Americans are shouting at each other, and it's time to stop. Norman Corwin offers a quiet, informal conversation that reminds us all of how much we have in common. It's called Between Americans, and it's a fascinating banquet of food for thought from the grand master of American radio theater. It's his last message to the country he loved. You can hear the podcast on Monday, February 20th on the Mutual Audio Network's Monday Matinee. Are you tired of the lies, the accusations, and the closed minds? It's time for us to stand on our common ground as we face the future. Listen to this very special podcast and talk about it between Americans. Monday, February 20th, on the Mutual Audio Network. <laughs>